find it. <laughs> I'll figure it out. It'll be fine. Uh, who's kicking us off today? I'll kick us off today. I, yeah, I think you're kicking us off. Yeesh. Welcome back, cuties. Uh, I always feel like I'm starting like some sexual radio show when I start this off. I'm like, welcome back, cuties. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I always feel like I make it over sexual. Anyways, we are, <laughs> we are happy you are joining us today for our chapter 19. 19. Isn't that crazy? Um, that is crazy. It's wild. Uh, today, I am extremely happy to let you know we are discussing Consort of Darkness. Uh, Molly, we our girl are. Molly's newest book, newest release. Um, <laughs> latest one. Latest the, la- baby. the latest baby. The latest. I'm not going to say greatest mm-hmm. because we're not comparing them. We have no favorite children here, but it is the latest. I I probably have a favorite child. I probably have a favorite child. (laughs) I say that looking at my animals like, no, I definitely have a favorite of you guys. (laughs) (laughs) We all know that you pick favorites. Everybody picks favorites. It's fine. We're just honest about it and you guys aren't. So True. True, true, true. (laughs) But we are here to uh, uh, get all the dirty deets about COD, as well as the upcoming series from Molly. Um, So all of the the dirty deets on Erebus and the sexiness with that. We're going to remind you that there are candles Uh, that you can burn while reading the book. You can. Highly recommend. Highly are. Our girl Highly Taylor recommend. with the uh, full moon creations. Uh, I'm waiting for mine to come in. Cock mm. no. <laughs> But anyways, mm. Molly, why yeah, don't you? Those, uh, are, those are yummy. Oh, I know. I'm I'm dying for mine to come in. Like yeah, dying. The Erebus one. The Erebus one is so good. It's so good. The, I mean, I can't choose. The next one's amazing, but the Erebus one is very, very sexy. So you guys have heard us talk about that. So I'm sure you're prepared. But <laughs> it if, is sexy. If you didn't <laughs> catch our live where I bullied my way onto the live with Taylor and Malls, you can find it and rewatch it. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. You can watch me twitch visibly on camera when I smell Erebus. Oh, let's not even let's not even forget when we put Erebus and Rasputin together for the smelling. Oh yeah. Yikes. <laughs> that was a dangerous it was a borderline get demonetized kind of conversation. Um, but we're not monetized on Instagram Live, so it's fine. So it doesn't fine. matter. Well, we're good, we're good. <laughs> Uh, but anyways, Molly, why don't you take it away and you give us a little brief synopsis and I'll add my two cents as brief. Sure. <laughs> yes. So Consort of Darkness is out. It came out last Thursday. Um, it is the first book in the Asphodel series, but be not alarmed. Uh, there are no cliffhangers and the plots are not really connected. All of the books for the Asphodel series can be read as standalones. Think that's the number one question that I get. Like, okay, but when you say series, is it going to be like, is there plot resolution? Like, do you have to read them all? Like, how does this work? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I highly recommend. Obviously, like, you know, I'm writing it in a certain way, so I, I you know, obviously, it's it's me, the author, saying I highly recommend reading all of them, and I do highly recommend reading them in the order that they come out. But 
Um, they can 100% be read as standalones. There will be no cliffhangers. You can just read Nick's if you want. You could then jump ahead to the third. It could very well be possible. Um, so everything can be read as a standalone, but I think the reader's experience is going to be greatly enhanced if you read them in the order that they're being written in. Um, Definitely. Mainly because you start you start to meet characters who have their own books in the series earlier on. Right. Um, just for example, with... Concert of Darkness, which is the story of Nixon Erebus, um, you meet Hakate, and Hakate plays, not plays, but is, <laughs> like, you know, probably plays. Um, Hakate is, plays Hakate. Hakate, Hakate playing Hakate, resuming the role as Hakate. <laughs> uh, she is uh, Nixon's best friend, mm-hmm. so she plays a pretty big role uh, in Concert of Darkness. You get to meet her, you hear what she's about, Mm -hmm. and we touch on, uh, in the epilogue of Concert of Darkness, you meet Aetes, and the second book is all going to be about Hakate and Aetes. So obviously by reading them in order, even though they're standalones, you're going to go into the second book with so much more knowledge about Hakate's character and like what she's coming off of the events of the first book do influence again the emotional state that she's in in the second um again they are being written that you could 100% read it by itself and it would make more sense but I feel like your experience as a reader should you choose mm-hmm. <laughs> to read these um they are intertwined. So I like to say that they are interconnected, they are intertwined. You meet other characters, you have to get a sense for them. But, um, like, you know, you could 100% just pick up the Hakate one if you wanted, and you could read it on its own, and it won't make sense. Um, but it's way more fun, I think, reading them. In order, you get cameos from some of your other favorites, Nix and Erebus. I'm writing Hakate right now, and Nix and Erebus have already popped in to say hello. So yeah, um, it's fun, which if you've read the first one, then, like, that that carries so much more weight when right. you get to, like, then, oh, yeah, you know, like, they're here. So... So the first one, um, obviously, as we know that we're going to talk about more is mm-hmm. Nix and Erebus. Second one yes. is Hikate and Aetis. Aetis. Mm-hmm. Aetis. Mm-hmm. Third one Aetis. Yeah. is... Yes. So let me see if I actually have them all memorized, which is kind of funny. Like, mm-hmm. how do you not have them memorized? And I'm like, I don't know, because I, like, came up with the titles in a fugue state. Um, <laughs> so the first book... <laughs> First book, which is out now, um, is Nyx and Erebus, and that is mm-hmm. Consort of Darkness. The second book is on Hecate and Aetes, and that is Lost to Witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Um, the third book is Thanatos and Macaria, uh-huh. Uh-huh. which is uh, Enamored in Death. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fourth book is Song of Memories, which is Orpheus and Eurydice. Yes. And then, <laughs> yeah. And then the fifth book is Craft of Hearts, which is Hephaestus and Aphrodite. Yes, yes, um, yes, yes. And then there will, there will be three unnamed novellas um, <laughs> by popular demand <laughs> after reading the first one. Um, Hades, Poseidon, and Hermes will get their own novellas, and then those will all be available on Kindle Unlimited. And if you want a print version, I'm going to bundle all three novellas into one print version, because otherwise they would be too short. Um, I'm so not going, there are five, five books planned. I'm not going to say that I single-handedly bullied you into Poseidon, but like you I did. probably had a you very did. large part in that, yeah. <laughs> you did. You bullied me into Poseidon. Uh, Malilani bullied me into Hermes mm-hmm. and I bullied myself into Hades because yeah. <laughs> as we all know, as we all know, I was very committed and I still am to not doing a Hades book 
Right. But Hades, Hades and Poseidon are quite the brotherly dynamic duo yes. in consort. We meet, we meet both of them. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, if Poseidon's going to get a novella, then Hades is going to get a novella too. So there are five books and three novellas planned. Um, all can be read as standalone, but it is, it is this author's wish, um, <laughs> that, you know, your reading, ex- your reading experience is going to be so much better. Um, if you read them in order and there's lots of fun Easter eggs that I put in consort that you will not see until books three or four. So again, super fun. If you just read one as a standalone, you're not going to miss anything, but there's some fun Easter eggs. If you then go on to read the rest of the series, you might catch some stuff that was said in the first one. Well, I don't know if uh, you had read all of my notes from my reacts on uh, Kai. You haven't sent them to me. I sent them to you. Yeah. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. I'll have to resend them then. I definitely sent them. Resend them. Yeah, I'll resend them. I think there was like I never got them. I think there was like thirty something in there, just of like straight reacts. (laughs) Typically, just like there was at one point, I was like, "What the fuck?" I will say the ending. Threw me for a slight loop and then threw me right back again in the loop. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And my yeah. reaction yeah. in like, the highlights, I was oh, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. The fuck is going mm-hmm. on? Um, mm-hmm. So I think I think a question that I've seen come up is what inspired you to choose Nyx specifically? Um, she's I, I when you go through like Greek mythology, I don't think she gets enough credit that she's due. But where did you essentially get the inspiration to do a next retelling? Yeah. So I knew that the next thing I wanted to do was going to be Greek. Mm -hmm. I wanted to do Greek myths. I didn't want to start with Greek myths because I wanted to intentionally start with a standalone. I wanted to write something quick and get it out there in the world and Mm -hmm. kind of wanted to debut with something that just was its own thing. So that's why I did Romanov Oracle. Right. And then jumped into wanting to do Greek myth. Uh, I had always wanted to do it, but then that's when I jumped into doing Greek myth. And I wanted to do underworld Mm -hmm. gods or gods that were connected to the underworld. Right. Naturally. But I didn't want to, I didn't want to do Hades because there's just a lot of Hades and I love them. I know we can't get enough, but I just couldn't think of, I, I couldn't think of a way to just not do, just kind of want another Hades and Persephone retelling. Right. Right. Um, which I wanted to avoid. Uh, so I was looking at, okay, well, what gods do I want to do? And I wanted to do some of the lesser known gods because everybody loves Greek. Everybody loves myth, but there are a lot of them. So I was like, okay, well, who doesn't have stories? Like who, what's going to be a fresh, a fresh take on this? What's going to be something that people haven't seen before, but is familiar because it is Greek gods. And one of the first gods to come up was Nyx, who's actually what they call, she's a primordial So she's more powerful than the gods. She's considered like a Titan. And she came up because if you look, I was was researching some sort of mythology and I came across the line that the only other God, immortal, whatever you want to call it, the only other person that Zeus was ever afraid of was Nyx. Right. Because everybody knows, you know, Zeus is in charge of the pantheon. He's the king of the gods. He's the most powerful one, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, But exactly blah 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 (laughs) but the only the only other person he was afraid of was nyx Mm -hmm. and she's the primordial goddess of the night so everything involving the night belongs to her um 
And I think everybody knows like Zeus is a dick. We've all seen that meme where it's like the worst thing Disney ever did was convince people that Zeus was like a family man. Yeah, that, that I mean, honestly, and killed B- Bambi's mom, yeah. but like killing Bambi's mom and convincing yeah, us that Zeus, there. they're neck and neck, honestly. Was a good guy. Yeah. They're neck and neck, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we all know Zeus is a patriarchal asshole. So I was like, oh, I absolutely want to write a story about the goddess that he was afraid of. Right. And the thing that's really fun, the thing that's really fun about Nyx is, and this is kind of something that I'm doing actually with, with every book in the Asphodel series is yes, it's an adaptation. Obviously these are not my original characters. These, they have existed, but they don't have a lot of their own stories. Like there's lots of myths about Zeus and, right. you know, he turned into a, a goat and that's how he fucked this one woman and he turned into a blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, like there's a lot, there's of, lots of, stories a lot of, of stories about Zeus uh, womanizing for sure. Or yeah, that's the word we want to use for it. Right. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and with, I think most everybody in the Asphodel series, I've picked gods and characters who don't have a lot of or any of their own actual myths or stories. Uh-huh. So we know who they are and we, we know what they were worshipped for, but we don't have any like stories about them. So the, the fun thing about doing Nyx and Erebus is I got to pull all of the fun stuff that I love from Greek mythology and kind of rewrite it. But also there's, a, I mean, it's an original plot because right. there's no, I'm not retelling the story of Hercules where it's, and then he goes and defeats the lion and then he goes and defeats the boar. Like, which I love my retellings. I'm not knocking those at all. I'm obsessed with retellings. But for me, it was super fun to kind of do a blend mm-hmm. where I am adapting and retelling, but also I'm inputting a lot of original plot because there aren't stories of Nyx to adapt. Right. We know who she is. We know what, what her shit was about, but there are no myths right. that, are, that have been written or have survived about her. So that was a big reason I wanted to do Nyx and I wanted to start with her um, because I really just as a broader theme, um, wanted to pick gods for the whole series who weren't as well known. So I got to then kind of have fun between it's a mix of adapting stuff from Mm -hmm. myth and getting to put my own spin on it because they don't have a lot of their own stories. Um, and you know, I think stories about, uh, and I'm sorry, not to like interrupt yeah. you no, to no, tell you about your do. own I could, writing I could, process. I could go on forever. I could go on forever. So you're gonna have to interrupt let, me. Let me just uh, pause you there to tell you about your own writing process real quick. But I was gonna say, I, I bet it was fun to, to uh, be able to develop their personalities more. Because I mean, obviously, yeah. we know we know Zeus is a dick. We know Hera's a bitch. We know yeah. like. Hades is the playboy with a heart of gold. Like, we know these things about them. We know Hermes (laughs) is a little troublemaker. Like, we know these things. But I felt like Mm -hmm. with, like, Hikate also and, like, Nyx and Erebus, you were really able to just develop their personalities and give them their own spin on things without it, like, being more so depicted by the myth and the retellings that we already have about them. Right? Because it's like you get to know them now in these. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you kind of get to pick and choose who plays hero and who plays villain and put that into people's, you know, put that into people's perspective of the characters. Um, For me, it was also really important, fun, how just the broader theme of of what Nyx represents, like there's something that's very, I took personally, you know, whether I should have, that's a different story. But, you know, I remember doing my research about Nyx, I was like, how the fuck is this bitch not 
represented in our modern understanding of mythology. Mm -hmm. Like, how are there no stories that survived about her? Because the fact that we know she existed Mm -hmm. um, in this religion, the fact that we know that she existed means that we know she was likely worshipped or recognized in some way because we understand that this is a character, like, her existence was documented and we know that Zeus was afraid of her. So I can only wonder, like, well, how many stories about Nyx were just lost because it was, maybe it was only women priestesses who carried her story or maybe, you know, whatever. Um, Or another big thing that you always, I always want to consider is, you know, we're lost because a lot of archaeology now, Mm -hmm. you know, is done in a Western, it's done in a Western society, in a patriarchal society. So how much of what's been uncovered that we know of of Greek mythology has been uncovered by men? For, for, for better or for worse, intended or unintended, have erased some of these things. So for me, it was super important when I saw that story, there were so many bigger themes about what does it mean to be a powerful woman? Mm-hmm. What does it mean that there's this goddess who we know that Zeus was afraid of? Right. But all we have, all we have are stories about how Zeus was king of the gods. And there's no stories about this woman who he was afraid of. And, uh... I'm thinking of that funny, like, Scotty Pippen meme from the Jordan documentary. He's like, and I took that personally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I took that personally. So for me, that comes up in this story so much. Themes of, like, well, what does mm-hmm. it mean to be a very really, a really powerful woman? What does it mean to be a powerful woman and fall in love? What does it mean when, you know, you're this creature of, of the most powerful being in existence, but you're vulnerable and Mm -hmm. you are heartbroken at times and you have weaknesses. So I think for me, it was super important in doing a story about Nyx, why I chose her and the bigger themes that came out of the fact that she didn't have stories that we know of today really influenced her character when I put pen to paper, because I was like, no, this was a badass. And I'm sure this is how shit went down you know, <laughs> theoretically, that maybe kept some of these stories. And um, this is not a spoiler because it, it is revealed to you in chapter one. So it is a spoiler. We will keep this conversation spoiler free, but this is something that is unveiled unveiled very, very quickly in the story. So, you know, it's not a huge spoiler because you learned this literally in chapter one. Right. Um, but I reimagined Tartarus because mm-hmm. they said that Nyx resides in Tartarus. And if you know your Greek myth, um, traditionally there are three sections, Asphodel, Elysium, and Tartarus. Right. Asphodel is for the normal folk. Elysium is for the heroes, the Hercules, the Jasons, the Achilles, the Patroclus. They went to Elysium. And then Tartarus is the deepest pit of hell for where the Titans were imprisoned and for you know evil beings and stuff. And I actually reimagined Tartarus and I have it as Nick's home that she built as a sanctuary for the most weary of souls, mainly women, um, you know, the most tired of souls, again, mainly women. And I was mm-hmm. like, it would be 100% Zeus, Zeus the dick. Like, <laughs> I can imagine Zeus being so afraid of this woman mm-hmm. and because he can't do shit because he's scared of her going around and spreading all these fucking nasty rumors that like, well, you know, Nick's in her evil little pit of hell. And she's like, uh, excuse me, sanctuary <laughs> for women. Fuck off. Yep. Um, 
So that was, that was part of it. I was like, I'm sh- like, I, I just, how I know that women in power often have so much shit said about them. That was a big part of the plot early on too. As I was like, what if Tartarus wasn't this evil, evil place mm-hmm. where or like the evil that's, that's the thing that we or evil people. Right. And that's the thing that we do know. Like we know, you know, Zeus was afraid of Nyx. Mm-hmm. Nyx lived in Tart- Tartarus. Yep. And I was like, well, if most of these stories, we've got a lot of stories about Zeus. He's kind of controlled the narrative for a long time. Right. Makes me believe that if he was afraid of Nyx and she lived there, mm-hmm. no fucking shit. He was probably afraid of or didn't like where she lived. It probably was not the deepest circle of hell. It was probably, you know, in the way that that powerful women, you know, have their shit. Disgrace. So that that there's a lot of things throughout the plot where that idea of, um, you know, slander and and jealousy and gossip and and reframing the conversation when there's a powerful woman at the helm yep became a big a big theme i think you did a really good job not only when it came to zeus and nix but also how the other people besides hecate obviously and erebus but like how (laughs) the other gods in Mount Olympus also responded to Nyx, a, a powerful mm-hmm. woman, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, let's uh, mm-hmm. spoiler free, but obviously Hera's a bitch, right? And how Hera Hera's treats Nyx and what Hera does, it just kind yeah. of uh, exemplifies women who are threatened by other powerful women, right? Like, you see that yeah. that supportive, like, girl boss shit yeah. between Hikate and Nyx. Where they're, you know, yeah. they both know they're bad bitches and they're going to hang out and they're going to admire each other and they're going to uplift each other. And it's not a competition ever. It's a support and it's a yeah. safe zone. And then you have Hera yeah. that is trying to tear down other powerful women so that she has more power. Mm-hmm. And you see, like, yeah. you know, as much as we shit on men because fuck men, um, to all of you supportive men like Erebus, we're not talking about you. We're talking about the Zeus's of the world. <laughs> But, uh, like, our our three male listeners here. um, (laughs) (laughs) But no, no. um, But seriously, though, we we give men a lot of shit Mm -hmm. because they do that. And obviously, male egos can be very uh, fragile. And they want Mm -hmm. to tear down anything, man or women, especially women, that threaten that. But there is still an issue Mm -hmm. with with some women who do the same thing because whether it's they're concerned with the male gaze, whether it's they're concerned with being, you know, a spotlight being taken away from them, like that is still an issue. And I think you do a really good job of exemplifying both ends of the spectrum with that. And then the people that fall in between. Yeah. Because obviously there's a lot of people at Mount Olympus. So there are some players in there that don't necessarily do one or the other, but they kind of just do neither. And they just kind of float, yeah. which is kind of, you know, isn't yeah. the greatest either. But like, I think you did a good job of, of showing all of those and those scenes carry over to today because especially with today's society, there are so many opportunities for women to do girl boss shit and to be powerful and independent and strong and beautiful. And like, you see that, I feel like that division of women who are really embodying that and like running with it. And then women who are not and same thing with men. And you see the men who are very in tune and love a a strong independent woman. And you see men who get very extremely insecure about it and try and tear it down in any way that they can. And like, I I, I think it does all to say, I think Cod does a really good job of just exemplifying all of that. Um, 
and it also yeah. makes you just fall in love with Hikate. I fucking love Hikate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was that was another big part of it, right? I didn't want to be like I wanted you to get the full spectrum because it's not limited to it's it's an individual thing, right? It's not limited to like, well, men always treat women this way, women always treat men that way. That's stupid and binary, and it's not true. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to have a story centered around a powerful woman. And what it looks like when men support powerful women, which you see in Erebus. What it looks like when men tear down powerful women, which you see in Zeus. Mm-hmm. What it looks like when women's what what it looks like when women support women, which right. you see in Hecate and Nyx. And what it looks like when women tear down one, one another, which you see in Hera and Nyx. Yep. So I wanted there to be, you know, kind of an equal playing field here, yeah. where you can kind of see like the the challenges across. All of it. The, the, the broadly, the ones that we that we face broadly, yeah, because it's not. It didn't feel fair to like just have, you know, the own, the male characters all not like Nix and the female characters all right. love her. I was yeah. like, it doesn't matter. Like you, when you know, men can support and cannot support women. Yep. And women can also like so. So yeah, it was important to me that there's representations of like all of those the dynamics. Spectrum. Um, there's a quote there. specifically yeah. that this is not a uh, spoiler in any way, shape, or form. But there's a quote from Erebus <laughs> uh, when he's spoke smoking. He's spoking here. Um, when he's spoken. <laughs> I've spoken. Um, no, when he is speaking to Zeus and he says you said it yourself you heard it last night it sounds like you know very well what I do with a powerful woman whether you can do the same remains to be seen and it's just like I love this scene so much because it's literally like Zeus is trying to like shit talk Erebus about like oh your your wife's more powerful than you your wife and blah 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 and he's like man I just fucked her and you heard it like (laughs) You said you heard yeah. it. We were in the sky fucking and you heard that. Like, what are you going to do? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I loved I loved that. That was so much fun to write, too, because I could have just imagined that going down. And conversations like that, you know, happen in real life, too, where there's a guy, you know, you get this toxic masculine. He's like, you're going to let your you're going to let your woman like run your shit. You're going to let yeah. your woman uh-huh. like blah, blah, blah. And I really wanted the Airbus character to be like, uh, Yeah. You just hear us fucking? Like, I know exactly what to do with a powerful woman, dude. Like, I can, like... It was like, I'm good. It was perfect. And the same... I'm good. Same energy Um, at one point. Again, spoiler free, but the same energy at one point, Nyx is just, like, releasing her energy. Like, just letting it Mm -hmm. go. And, you Mm -hmm. know, really just showing people what the fuck is up, you know? She's like, what the fuck is up, Mm -hmm. Kyle? Mm -hmm. But, um... Everyone is like stunned, <laughs> silent, staring at her, and you just hear Hikate laughing, just like that's my girl, yeah. you know. And it's like the exact yes, same yes. energy. There's, there's really wonderful. There's a wonderful <laughs> part. There's several battles throughout the whole thing. So again, this isn't a spoiler, but there's one part where I wrote in, and there's a scene where Erebus does that too. Yep. So there's there's because again, Nyx goes full full bad bitch a couple different times, and then one scene, you know, everybody is like. <laughs> Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Oh fuck! And then you can just hear Erebus laughing because he's like, "Oh, you guys are <laughs> fucked!" Like he's loving it. Um, and then there's another scene where that happens, and the only thing that you can hear is Hikate laughing. And again, she's like, "That's my fucking girl!" Like y'all are toasted. Um, so those moments were super. They were super fun to write. Yeah. I love it. And like <laughs> again, um, I wasn't expecting. Now this is no spoiler because I think we've already said it, but I wasn't expecting to love Poseidon. I was not expecting that. And yes. I literally, like, early on, 
was like, bitch, am yeah. I about to love Poseidon? And you were like, don't know, gotta find out. And then like, don't know, keep reading. Shortly after, I was like, fuck, we love Poseidon. And then like through the whole thing, I'm like, oh, oh we're we gonna add a book six, Molly. Are we gonna add a book six? And she was like, no. And I'm like, but like, but I love Poseidon. Like, what are we gonna do about this, Molly? It's like, I'll give you a novella. I'll yeah. give you a novella. Because <laughs> yeah. it's like that you expect was... to love Hades. Like you expect to have a love hate with Hades because yeah. Hades. You you expect to kind of love Hades. You expect yeah, yeah, to like yeah. love hate Hermes because he's just such a trickster and so mm-hmm. funny, right? And like a little playboy, so you mm-hmm. expect it. Um, totally. Obviously, we knew totally. we were gonna love Daddy Erebus, but like Poseidon yeah. came out of nowhere for me, so I was like. Mm. But yeah. you know I love my fish boys. You, you just know I love it. So you, yeah, you do. You love your fish boys. This is true. This is true. That was really fun too, because um, Zeus and Hades and Poseidon mm-hmm. are are like you know the three brothers, and they draw they in in the original myth they draw lots, and that's how Zeus wins the sky, mm-hmm. Poseidon wins the sea, and Hades wins the underworld. And they draw lots and they, they, you know, and that's how they, they split it up because they're like the big three dudes. Right. And I was like, man, what the fuck do you think those brothers were up to when all of a sudden Zeus was like, all right, I'm fucking sky daddy now. Like what the fuck? <laughs> like I was like, man, what is that brotherly relationship like between right. fucking Hades, Poseidon and Zeus? And I won't talk too much on it. Cause I think I'll, I'll give too much away if right. I, if yeah, I yeah. keep talking about it. We want people dynamic, to read it. But, yeah. Um, yeah, but it's it's really fun. It's really fun, and, and that was a dude. That was a sleeper hit for me too. Because like when I first started writing it, I was like, he's got to be in here. It's it's Poseidon, like yeah. Hades, Poseidon, and Zeus. Like you know, especially this is the the timeline of the book is when Zeus is going to war with Kronos, who's mm-hmm. his father, right, to overthrow the Titans so the gods can run the world. And this is kind of where I just like slid in this this original plot line was to that time period, mm-hmm. and. So I was like, well, they've got to be in there because, like, you can't not have... I mean, the other gods are in it, but they kind of just appear briefly. But if you're doing a power struggle and you're talking about, like, uh, you know, Zeus is trying to call people to his side, like, the the people that are going to be right there kind of with him, for better or for worse, are clearly going to be Hades and Poseidon. So yep. I, I put him in there as almost like a, I know he has to be in here kind of thing. Yeah. And then he really had a mind of his own. And near the end, I was like, yeah, he's he's a fun, he's fun. So he'll get a novella. He'll get a novella. I'll, I'll accept that. I'll accept the novella. Yeah. It'll be great. It'll be so great. Um, I'm trying to think of... Uh... Let's see. So we touched on the five books. We touched on your inspiration. Um, it's honestly a, a really fun read. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I love you, because obviously I do. But like, it's really fun to read. It's definitely got all of the, you know, uh, little, what's the word I'm looking for? It has all of the like ingredients you want. You have your smut, you have your violence, you have the witty banter. <laughs> Violence, banter. Check, 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 check. You got some romance in there. (laughs) You have Greeks in there. We love it all. We love it all, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I'm obviously excited for Hecate's because I just fucking love her. Fucking love her. I'm I'm about five, no, four, four chapters into Hecate right now. So I'm writing it. It's happening. I'm working on it. Don't worry about it. 
it's happening. Is it fair to ask what Um, the projected release for for book two is? Yes, that w- that is fair. If it's um, not fair, I'll cut it so, out. <laughs> no, no, no. This is totally fair. You can leave it in. Um, well, I mean, like insight to to writing as an indie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the longer you go in between releases, like Amazon will will penalize you a little bit. So right. it is helpful if you can if you can keep up a pretty consistent pace. Yeah, and definitely. especially especially in the middle of a series. Um, my main goal is I, I really want to get these out. Um, so you'll probably see like quote unquote less marketing and lead up time. And I'm not going to be as like, all right, the date is this date three months from now. And then talk about that date for three months. Right. Um, my goal is to get these babies out and quickly so people can binge the series and these can exist. Right. And then once the whole series exists, then I'll probably go back and be like, okay, <laughs> time to promote this, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's really helpful as an indie to, to have a series out in the world that people can binge. And it's no secret. I've talked about this on my Instagram. Like, you know, I really want to be doing this full time. Yep. And a big step to doing it full time is, you know, having a series out there, especially on Kindle Unlimited, that like people can binge um, is a really good strategy to have as an author. So I'm focusing on the author strategy a little bit more than the marketing strategy mm-hmm. right now. Um, and then I will go back. I mean, clearly I'm going to be like making trailers and talking about it yeah, you know, yeah, like, as they come out. But, yeah. um, it's not going to be like Tro where there's a lot of focus on this the is the date for the book. Um, right. I'm going to be like, I'm putting these babies out as quickly as I can, as quickly as my editor can edit them, as quickly as Saskia can make the covers. So <laughs> Which I'm the about, cover um, is four chapters in. The cover is gorgeous. gorgeous. Fucking gorgeous. 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 Um, <laughs> the spines, because I can't sell a book, a box set be, through Amazon because it's like printed on demand. So selling a box set isn't possible. But if you buy all of the printed covers, we are designing the spines to look really beautiful all together yeah. um, when they are done. So yeah. um, anticipated release for Hikate is I'm hoping like June 1. I'm hoping you guys will have Hikate in like two months. Um, it's amazing. So so we'll see whether that happens. Um, you know, again, it's very fluid. So I'm fine saying that date because I'm also very open. To, like, that might change if I like Definitely. take a week I off. Mean, for, you know, whatever. Uh, those of you that don't know, which I'm sure all of you know, Molly not only works a nine to five, she is also in grad school. She also, mm-hmm. you know, runs her bibliophile blonde brand, which has its whole marketing right. and its whole thing in there. Um, right. She does the content. podcast with me. Uh, yeah. And she's writing. Patreon content. Patreon. And there's Patreon content. There's Patreon yeah. and there's Discord. And, and she Discord, yeah. she does the podcast uh, shenanigans with me. And she still manages somehow to, like, ma- not only maintain her relationships, but, like, be, like, a whole-on-ass support in her relationships. Like, it's not like she's just not available ever. Like, I can always text or call or be around Molly at any time 24-7 and she's always there. So, like, obviously, if it doesn't make June 1st, it doesn't make June 1st. But, like, girl's fucking killing it. My girl is fucking killing it, okay? <laughs> like, I'm so well, proud. I'm so fucking I, proud. Now that I'm thoroughly embarrassed. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Yes. Yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I don't know how to 
respond to that, which is how y'all know it definitely wasn't planned and I did not read a list of those lines. Um, <laughs> she actually Nikia wrote them all down for me first. to read line by line about her. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I'm, like, texting her. I'm texting her all of my accolades. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm hoping June 1st for Hakate. Um, Hakate is really fun. Uh, teaser for the podcast peeps only, I guess we can say is, um, I won't say much about the plot. Obviously all of mine are fantasy romances. So Nyx and Erebus, obviously you have the plot, you have the romance is a big part of it. Um, very similar to Hakate and Aetis. It's going to be that same thing where there's plot, there's romance. Um, (laughs) but it is a, it is a twist. I am inserting Hakate into the myth of the golden ram. The golden fleece mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i'm 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 doing an overhaul of the golden fleece story um yes. kind of a how the fuck did like obviously there's jason and the golden fleece mm-hmm. but the question that i'm asking is well how did how did we end up with the golden fleece right where, where did the golden fleece come from yeah um and there are some stories that say like oh the, it was a ram that was a son of but like there are some things that say it but I was like, you know what would be more fun? So that's your, your little sneak peek into the plot oh, yeah. of Hakate, um, is that I'm pulling in a little bit of Golden Fleece Smith, which will be fun. Um, tropes that you can expect include um, forced proximity. Uh-huh. I, I wouldn't quite say enemies to lovers. It's not enemies to lovers, but there is grumpy sunshine. Like, oh, yeah. forced Forced proximity, grumpy sunshine. Definitely the grumpy Um, sunshine. Yeah, heat grumpy sunshine. Guess who's the grumpy and guess who's the sunshine. Which I also feel like is fun because typically it's reversed, I feel like. Typically, typically the man is the grumpy is grumpy yeah. and the woman is sunshine yeah. and we have reversed it. Mm-hmm. We have our female character as grumpy and our male character as sunshine. Yeah. Um, also, there's a there's a lot of kind of now that I'm thinking about it, that's actually a pretty big theme. There's a lot of I don't want to give too much away, but there's a lot of <laughs> flipping. There's lots of there, this one might be it's not tropey like it's going to be written more like it'll be written like consort so it's not going to read like a trope thing but you know i'm just saying like the, the dynamics to expect are grumpy sunshine um definitely some some forced proximity happening right um but there's lots of of things where we're flipping gender roles a little bit so i love that um without actually naming any character names there there's a rescue but the rescue is not the male rescuing the female. We have a female rescuing a male character. Mm-hmm. Plays a big part of the plot. Um, there's a grumpy sunshine that we see reverse, where it's actually kind of the woman is grumpy, the man is the sunshine. Um, so there's a lot of flipping. We're flipping gender roles a little bit in the second one. If the, the first book, the theme was kind of powerful women and and how do they lo- love and lose and, and love again and, and right. gain respect and how do we treat powerful women. Themes for the second one are a little... Little, little gender swappy, little gender swappy. <laughs> I love um, it. I love you know, it. So, uh, I'm I'm very excited. So it's it's called Lost to Witchcraft. It's I love the, story the name. Of the 80s. I know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just gonna like put this on. Get low, get low, get low. Anytime I share anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh, yeah, Lost to Lost to Witchcraft is the second one. I got an 80s story. Um 
twist on, retelling on, heavily inspired by, I don't know the best way to say it, um, the myth of the Golden Fleece. Yep. So, um, oh, also, um, not really pirates, but boat adventures. Hijinks on the high seas. So if you like, um, (laughs) hijinks on the high seas. You like water. Uh, So I won't say it's. I won't say it's pirates. You like your fish boys. I was about so. to say, I'm only going to keep my fingers crossed that there's a merman or a, a Poseidon or someone popping up. Poseidon will pop up. Poseidon will pop up. Yeah. But I do love um, my fish boys. I mean, Aetes is kind of a fish boy because he's very like, I love the water, you know, boats and shit. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of, there's a, there's a, there's a boat adventure. So I, I won't say pirates because they're not pirates. But if you want, like, you know, ship aesthetics, I guess. <laughs> ship aesthetic. Um, Pirate there's, aesthetic. There's quite the quest. Quest. Ooh, I, I wouldn't quest. say that there's full on. Yeah, I wouldn't say that there's full on war in this one. There was war in the first one. But, but more the second so like one adventure, has, has quest. Quest, adventure, like I said, hijinks on the high seas, mm-hmm. forced proximity. Grumpy um, sunshine. There will be. We love it. Times of, yes, times of conflict, not full-out war. Um, more of Zeus being a dick. Naturally. Uh, actually, you know what? It's a, it's a little bit more of Hera being a bitch. Book one was Zeus is a dick. Hera. Book two is Hera's a bitch. Here's yeah. the thing. Here's Book two the is Hera's a bitch. With Cod, um, you know, Zeus obviously is a fucking dick. And you're just like, ugh. But I just yeah. the whole time wanted to just, like, strangle Hera. Like, Zeus, I was like, move along, small dick boy. But, like, Kara, I was like, I just, right. I want to literally strangle you. So. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't go away. That's <laughs> I didn't amped think up. it would. That's amped think it up would. in book two, yeah. I believe it. I believe that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, Molly, we are pumped. Yeah. Pumped, 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 pumped. And I love that we did this today. <laughs> um, and, and that our audience can get a little more insight into your writing process and the series to come because yeah. obviously we're all fucking excited. Um, <laughs> I love that we gave a little like podcast listeners only spoiler, mini spoiler. I but. had to be, I had to be bullied. I had to be bullied into this. <laughs> Alyssa was like, we should do an episode on consort. I was like, what should we do our next episode on? And she was like, consort. And I was like, <laughs> Duh. Do you want to? Like, are you sure? And she was like, yeah. And then, like, every time we talked about, like, when are we going to record, I was like, what are we doing? And she was like, consort. And I was like, are you sure? I asked, like, three times. I was like, I don't know why we're still having this conversation. Like, I don't, duh. I don't, I know, because I'm a trauma baby, and it's hard for me to think that people care about my work. Uh, it's a thing. I had therapy today. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Um... It's fine. It's fine. Um, Speaking of our, yes. our, our trauma um, babies, uh, next week, yeah. we're going to have our one and only Amy Clarelanen. <gasps> <Yeah. laughs> our girl Ames is coming Ames back. Ames is coming um, back. We bullied her into loving us more and to coming back. Well, um, we bullied her into coming back. I don't know if we bullied into her loving us more. Stretch, stretch, stretch. Forced affection. I think she does. <laughs> close forced proximity close proximity what is like what is the what is the friend version of that yeah yeah forced affection just the forced Forced, affection for something i don't know forced affection yeah you will love us um but it's it's a fun uh, routine molly and i have with amy that we all get on and we have our whips and sips and we get to talk about our whips and we sip whatever beverage we want so normally we convince amy to get drunk at like noon in australia um but the last time yes, we were on this with is her, a tradition. We... <laughs> yeah, 
This is a tradition that Amy and Alyssa and I have. Yeah, we have Zoom calls called Whips and Sips, which it is hilariously always like Friday night because of Australia. We always do like, well, Friday night means it's Friday night for Alyssa and I, but then that means it's like Saturday midday for Amy. So like somewhat better getting drunk Saturday midday as opposed to like Tuesday midday. True, Um, true, true. We always make our day drinking is good. On our last call, we... Yeah. So basically you can expect next week's podcast episode to be a podcast version of the whips and sip conversations that oh, yeah. Alyssa and Amy and I have. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah. definitely. Um, she will be discussing a lot of things because um, the girl doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. She's like Hamilton. Like, Does not stop. Um, Does not stop. But... Hamilton wrote the other 51. <laughs> Amy Pemberlin and wrote the other 51. Literally. Um, so we'll be talking mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Cry the Fire Road 2. Sorcerers and Saints. Yep. Uh, whatever else yep. we can bully her into telling us about. Um, on podcast I'm gonna ask. Yeah, I'm going to ask inappropriately on the podcast about uh, Tarot Kings. Oh, yeah. We've got to bully Some her about that one. Tarot Kings, which we'll get this year. Yeah. I yep, wonder yep, if we yep. could also bully her into making us like a little novella about Alexis. Just like, what's Alexis up to? We want to know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> she can probably tell us on the podcast in her mind what he's up to. Ooh, I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with that. Yeah, yeah, um, I'd settle with. I would be fine with that. We'll also talk about the magician candles next week. We'll talk about them in more detail. I know mm. we we talked about them a bit on the live, so but good. we'll go over it next week too. Um, and that will be super exciting. So I'm pumped for that, and might be drunk on a Wednesday. I'm about it. <laughs> but until next time, uh, you know, give us your thoughts, your questions, concerns. Let us know. If you have questions for Amy, let us know. We'll put up a Q&A on the podcast yeah. instead just so you can get some in. Um, and you can obviously DM us, you know, whatever your heart feels like. And until next time, remember the three golden rules of Queen's Quests and Tropes. Number one, Christians ruin everything. Number two, everything. Practice safe witchcraft. And number three, dragons are always... Always, always a good idea. (laughs) Always a good idea. (laughs) All right, until next time. Bye. Bye. Stop.